Welcome back to the SSPC podcast. I'm Brie McCullough, and today we're going to be talking about SSPC's contract with the GSA, the General Services Administration. Joining us for the discussion is Greg Redick, Principal Director of Potomac Redan Associates, LLC. Thank you for joining us today, Greg. It's nice to be here, Brie. Look forward to the discussion. And from SSPC, we have Jennifer Merck, Director of Training and Certification. Hello, everyone. Thanks for having me on this call. Melissa Pinalini, Training and Certification Specialist. Hi, thanks. Happy to be here. And Jim Kunkel, Manager of Business Development. Bree, thank you for having me. So to get started, Greg, could you start with telling us a little bit about what GSA is and its history? <laughs> uh, I can certainly give you a little bit, but I'm probably not the best person to give you a history of GSA. It was, um, as a government agency, established in uh, 1949 by uh, President Harry Truman to combine uh, four different uh, government organizations after World War II. And they started out largely to help uh, lease government buildings for office workers and then evolved over time to a variety of uh, procurement functions that we're familiar with today. So for instance, uh, GSA is the organization responsible for buying vehicles for the government um, and leasing office space and now uh, does a lot of um, overarching procurement um, for a theme for other agencies that don't have the procurement wherewithal to do it themselves. So if a government office in uh, the Air Force needs to have a contract put in place, and they can't get their contracting staff to do it for them, they can have GSA do that. GSA charges a small fee, and they um, go about putting that contract in place for that Air Force organization. So it be- has evolved over the years and now um, covers a whole host of different procurement things of services, excuse me, for the government. And so, Jen, this probably is for you. Um, what was the motivation for SSPC pursuing GSA? That's a good question, Bree. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> I think one of the main goals is that you know SSPC knows that the infrastructure in the United States is aging. So we felt we really needed to secure the best rates we could to allow government agencies to take our courses. Uh, we felt being able to educate government employees on corrosion prevention and control could measurably prevent or mitigate corrosion on our equipment and infrastructure. So really anything SSPC could do to help this effort, we were all for. Great. I'll answer a little bit more uh, to what Jen was uh, saying is that um, SSPC was looking to leverage that broad contracting procurement ability that GSA has. And going through GSA, SSPC could set up a broad contract that any government organization could write a contract to and procure training through SSPC. It's kind of like walking into a restaurant and you've got a menu. You're not gonna order everything on that menu. You're gonna select certain things. SSPC now has a a menu of all its training that it offers, 
and you know in advance what that price is. So if I'm a government organization someplace and I need um, some uh, training, I can look and say, ah, that's the course I want. Um, I know how much it's being, what it's being charged to take that course. And I know that I've got the budget for it. So I can go directly to SSPC that stuff is all negotiated in advance by GSA with SSPC. So I don't have to figure out, is this a fair price? GSA has already done that work and it makes ordering uh, and procuring training from SSPC much, much easier for those government organizations, no matter where they are. Yeah, Bree, if I could add something to what Greg's talking about, um, the contacts that I've been working with, it, it streamlines the process very rapidly for them. What usually would take sometimes up to a year to get uh, everything approved, this really kind of fast tracks things and streamlines. So it's been a very effective uh, opportunity for SSPC and also for those contacts out there, agencies and organizations we work with that do qualify for GSA to take advantage of the programs. And, and I would even add one other thing is that because what SSPC provides in the way of training is very structured, it's the you, the classes don't change, the courses don't change um, every time that it's offered. Um, you know exactly what it is. And because of that, it lends itself very well to going on this kind of contract that allows people to place an order and then have the training provided. All right, that's great. And Greg, I really like your um, menu at a restaurant analogy. Well, it, it helps put it in perspective because a lot of time people get confused. Mm -hmm. uh, and Jen, I know it was a goal of yours in 2019 that SSPC joined the GSA schedule, and it was a pretty long process to get approved by GSA. What was that process like, and what did it take for SSPC to get approval? Let's just let's just say I'm glad it's over. Um, it was it was very exciting project to work on, and I, I can't tell you how proud SSPC is of achieving this. Um, anybody I talk to within our industry or outside our industry that um, understands what it what you have to go through to get a GSA contract is always like, "Wow, congrats!" Because you know they don't just accept anyone, and it's you really got to persevere. But um, basically, I think it came down to three steps. We had to register at GSA. Uh, the site to get um, on there to start submitting the application. Um, we had to submit a lot of necessary forms and then we had to wait for GSA to review the offer. So it took us a little over a year to get approved. Uh, SSPC had all the information that GSA was requesting. The issue was the sheer number of policies and procedures that they were requesting. Uh, and if you're wondering what those are, like some of the things GSA was asking for was our business information, financial statements, pricing proposals, technical information. They had asked for our entire range of products in a formalized way. And it had to be like a company with a market rate sheet so GSA could compare our offer with our competition. So the request for all this information was a good thing uh, because we could tell that GSA was really vetting the applicants before they approved them. Uh, so I, you know, we touched upon it a little bit earlier. Um, you know, the process takes a while too, because you're at the mercy of GSA and their review process. So um, 
all I can say is it was definitely worth it in the end. And being on this GSA schedule has really opened up a whole new world of contracting and networking opportunities for SSPC. Great. So I, I add one thing to what Jen just described. Um, she sells herself a little bit short there. You have to keep in mind, and for anybody that listens to this podcast, they have to understand that those prices that are on the SSBC GSA schedule have been approved by the government, by a government contracting officer, as fair and reasonable. And because they've been reviewed and vetted, as Jennifer described, anybody that looks at that menu will know that, hey, the government contracting officer at GSA has gone through the laborious uh, scrutiny of making sure that SSPC isn't trying to gouge anybody on a particular course or the rates that they are applying to the training. And when they want to place an order, that the price that they're being charged is fair, reasonable, and in line with the industry standards for that. So we talked about how um, we are on GSA for our training courses because SSPC is a training organization. Jen, does GSA only cover training entities or are there other types of organizations or businesses that can get on the GSA schedule? Really any type of business can get on the GSA schedule. In the industrial protective coatings industry, some of the companies you might see are coating manufacturers that could be on the schedule, equipment manufacturers. So the people that are making products, the, the making the blast nozzles and the spray pumps and the coating material. So those are people that can also apply to GSA so government entities can purchase those items. Absolutely. Um, anything that is sold in a normal commercial uh, way can be, a GSA schedule can be built for. Um, GSA schedules aren't typically really great for um, one-off type procurements, um, custom type work, but if you have a stock of supplies that you sell routinely, um, coatings, paints, parts, pieces of equipment, a GSA schedule would be good for that. And just to add a little info, um, if anyone is interested in exploring all the different things that um, contractors can sell through the GSA, they have the GSA Advantage website, which is like that catalog of menus of all the different products. And then um, this question, Jen, is for you as well. And Greg, you might want to add to it as well. SSPC has historically done a lot of training for the DOD and other agencies. How will this contract affect those agreements or will it at all? So I think what's great about the GSA schedule is that when you're in between contracts like we are right now with the DOD Corrosion Policy Oversight Office, it's still allowing the military and government personnel to take the SSPC training certification courses at a discounted rate. And uh, like we Greg mentioned earlier, being in between contracts, we wanted to make it as seamless as possible for the for the military government personnel to do our courses as they've been doing for all these years and being on the GSA schedule, it just reduces that redundancy in the purchase order process, which cuts down on the paperwork efforts required for the government military members of ours. It, it um, makes things, you can't understate how easy it does make things for 
um, government organizations out there that need the training. So for instance, where the Air Force or the Navy, the Army would go to uh, use DOD CPO funding, the Corrosion Policy and Training, excuse me, Corrosion Policy and Oversight Office funding, if that funding is not available, they still have the ability to go in a very efficient way and get that training. But typically, they can use the government purchase card. It's kind of like the you know, your government visa card, and um, contact SSBC, put it on the card, get the training, and it's done. Melissa, I know that you work closely with GSA. Um, can you tell me a little bit about the process of how to take advantage of the GSA contract? Absolutely. Um, Greg did touch on a few different points previously in the conversation, but basically the way that it works is once we got our GSA contract and developed our schedule of prices, which is like that menu of prices for our specific training, um, we instituted a process where you really just have to reach out to us. Um, I personally take a lot of emails and am a point of contact for our GSA contract. And if you check our website for more information, you can contact us and let us know that you're interested in purchasing courses and ask questions about whether you're eligible and we will walk you through the process. So first we'll determine whether you're eligible or not to purchase through the GSA contract. We will um, get you the discounted pricing for either an individual registration we also have discounted pricing for groups of students who can take classes at on-site all at once. Um, and then you would just let us know really specifically what you need. And we're going to tailor either invoicing or pricing to you and walk you through giving us your government purchase information and processing it for you. Um, really, we're going to take you through it hand in hand. And then um, all of those courses that are on our GSA schedule, who is eligible for those GSA rates, Melissa? So there are actually a ton of different um, people and organizations who are going to be eligible to use the discounted GSA rates. A lot of people assume that um, this is really more for federal agencies, military and civilian um, those are not the only people who can use GSA pricing. Some of the other entities include mixed ownership government corporations, the District of Columbia, qualified nonprofits for the blind and severely handicapped, state and local governments, also people who work with the government and have government contracts. So if you're a contractor who has a government contract, and the entity that you have it with is able to use GSA pricing, they can allow you through programs to use their GSA pricing. Yeah, that's definitely um, a lot more people are eligible for the GSA rates than I thought were. Um, Jen, are there any programs in place for people who can't get training under the GSA contract? Yeah, we have a few, um, I guess, I would say contracts or agreements in place. I know that we're approved um, for veterans to get funded to do our training courses. Uh, they have to take the course and pay up front, but then there's paperwork they can submit to the Veterans Affairs Office uh, to get reimbursed. We also have scholarships that we give to um, some of our younger members to take our courses. And then the other option is, um, you know, bringing these courses to your facility to do an on-site training because you get 
somewhat of a group discount because we're coming to you for a group of people. I feel like it would also be good to add our any of our membership programs offer amazing discounts. Yeah, definitely. Um, and then, Melissa, how long does our, our contract last? And do you know what the renewal process will be like? So our current GSA contract is actually five years long. One of the requirements that we had when we first got the contract was within the first two years, you have to have up to $25,000 in sales. We have already surpassed that point. So with maintaining the contract properly, it should go for up to the five years, but they do regularly check in with us and they do a sort of report card to make sure that we are maintaining um, the contract well. And as far as Keeping the contract, it's possible the contract may change when we merge with NACE, but we're looking into that now and seeing how that might alter things. That actually um, leads me into another question. I was wondering, Jen or Melissa, will the GSA contract be affected by the merger with NACE at all? It's going to be affected. Um, I think that SSPC will have to do a modification to the current GSA contract once we have our new legal name. So at that time, a mod will be requested to change the name on on the contract. And then at that point is when we probably would be able to start adding NACE's training and certification programs to the contract schedule as well. Jennifer's absolutely right. The technical term for what uh, she just described is called novation. Mm -hmm. The government has to novate the contract because of the merger to the name of the new organization, whatever that name will be. And uh, that process can take a little bit of time, but it is, is something that will have to happen. And Brie, as you can tell, I wanted to say, as you can tell, there's a lot of combining and coding manufacturers in our industry and equipment manufacturers. So we've already gone in and done a, have done a couple mods. And, it, and you see right there, one of the requests for a mod is to change your legal name. So I think it happens quite a bit. So. I don't think it will be uh, that big of a process for us to um, go through. And during those processes, are members still able to take advantage of the GSA contract? They should be. Yes. Yep. As long as the SSPC training courses that are already part of the schedule will be no issue. And then eventually they'll be able to do the NACE courses once they're officially added onto the contract. Okay. So it definitely sounds like this could give our members way more opportunities and way more courses that they could take advantage of. It should. <laughs> That's our sincerest hope. <laughs> uh, Jim, I know that you work very closely with facilities and our members. Um, what has the feedback from them been like? Extremely um, positive and, and very appreciative. Appreciative in that it's helped streamline their process in procuring the training. And this training is online. It can be done in public courses. And as Jennifer had mentioned and Melissa had mentioned, um, we can actually bring the training to them. And the, the entities that have been doing it, you know, we talk a lot about Department of Defense, but we also have uh, state departments of transportation and other public entities out there also taking advantage of GSA. And uh, this, um, again, like I say, this really opened up an opportunity for them to kind of fast track a lot of the training because a lot of times um, it takes such a long time to get things approved through budget approvals and things like that. And the training needs to be done sooner 
than waiting and to do at a later date once approvals come through. So the feedback has been very positive. And I think Melissa experiences that uh, every day and uh, every month uh, working closely with the contracts and also uh, the training requested to come through. I do. I get to indiv- I get to speak to a lot of people individually dealing with processing people's transactions and also with large groups of students who are registering registering for public classes. And we're really allowing them to stretch their budget because we're offering them the best possible price for our training. And they're super happy about that. Now, um, Jim, you mentioned online. So are some of our e-courses part of the GSA schedule? The uh, uh, Melissa probably could speak a little bit more closer to that. Um, but there are many of the different courses that we have available that are available through GSA rate. So a lot of our actually most popular online training courses are available with GSA discounted rates. And we will be doing a modification quite soon and hopefully adding some of the e-courses that have been added to our course roster recently. No, that's great because given everything um, going on in the world right now with COVID, being able to take advantage of both GSA and the online e-courses can really help people who are staying at home continue to further their coding's knowledge. And then, um, Jen, so I know SSPC, we train people all over the world. Are there programs like this in other countries that SSPC has explored? I don't know if they have an exact GSA schedule, but I know that we've worked with a lot of our international licensees to secure government funds to run classes. So this is definitely an area that SSPC is going to continue to explore. So, Bree, the only thing I can add to that is that um, where government, U.S. government organizations have people in other parts of the world, they can place an order against the schedule to get training wherever they are. Um, that doesn't mean that um, uh, a foreign government can necessarily use the schedule, but certainly any U.S. Uh, Air Force organization, Navy organization, in the Philippines or someplace that needs it can get it in those locations. And then the other thing is that sometimes um, government procurement is extended to um, our NATO partners, for instance, and um, an effort would have to be expended to see if that would be feasible, but um, pretty much it's limited to uh, US government entities. We actually have had um, some federal aid agencies such as the Navy who are stationed in like the Philippines use GSA discounted pricing in order to maintain their certifications, which brings up a good point. You can also get a discounted rate for your recertification through the GSA. Right. And the only other thing I would add to that, Bree, is that um, the GSA schedule also serves as a way to make a another contract with another organization easier to put in place. So for instance, if um, uh, a German Navy organization wanted to buy training from SSPC, but they couldn't use the schedule, that doesn't mean that they can't base the contract that they give to SSBC for that training on the prices that are in the schedule, right? Because they've already 
because SSBC is already going through the pain and labor of validating that those prices are fair and reasonable to a government contracting officer, the German contracting officer, by and right, by and large, should say, these prices are fair and reasonable. I don't have to do a lot of work to negotiate, and I'll just accept these prices and put them on contract. So it does have an implication, um, but it's not necessarily the exact same thing. Okay. Um, well, those are all of my questions for today. Um, does anyone have anything else they'd like to add before we go? Uh, Bree, that one question you had for Jim about our members benefiting, I kind of thought that would have been one of the questions you brought up on the podcast, but I was really thinking about it. And I think there's three major benefits. One, and we touched upon these kind of throughout the call, but to bring it back together is one, they're getting the best rate that SSPC has to offer. So that's number one, because I know money is important to most people. Number two, again, they don't have to do as much paperwork to get registered since we've already been vetted by the GSA. And the final one is just more about, you know, the infrastructure like water tanks and bridges, ships. They're all being subjected to corrosion, which is resulting from a wide range of variables such as age or usage or where the operating environment they're in. Training is just so essential to maintain those structures. And that is where SSPC comes into the picture. So you know, our goal with this whole GSA schedule is to sustain that life cycle of these structures. And we know that the customers, we know that's the customer's goal as well. All right. Hopefully um, this podcast will help inform anyone who's not aware that we are on the schedule and it'll tell them how they can take advantage of it and hopefully um, they can benefit from it. I just want to say thank you all for joining me today for this episode of the SSPC podcast. Be sure to stay tuned for the latest segment of SSPC's Codings Talk with Jim Kunkel. And as always, be sure to follow SSPC on social media to stay up to date with all the latest news and follow the SSPC podcast on Spotify so you never miss an episode. Still working from home? SSPC has training programs to match your new work-from-home lifestyle. SSPC is offering several e-course and e-learning deals to help you further your coding's knowledge while staying safe indoors. Some of our current deals include 15% off the purchase of three e-courses, or receive a free coupon set when you register for our Concrete Coding's Basic e-course, or receive a free Biz One guide when you register for the Basics of Steel Surface Preparation e-course. Head on over to sspc.org to register for an e-course today. Welcome to another segment of Coding's Talk. I'm Jim Kunkel, Manager of Business Development for SSPC, the Society for Protective Coatings. In the previous segment, you heard a group discussion regarding the SSPC GSA schedule. Joining me today is Lisa Watson, Senior Chemical Testing Engineer, for Materials Engineer Testing Services with the California Department of Transportation, or Caltrans as a state agency is known. Lisa, welcome. Oh, thank you. Thank you for having me, Jim. Hey, Lisa, if you could let the listeners know in what way your Materials and Engineering Testing Services group is involved in the protective coatings for Caltrans. Okay. Um, Caltrans has been supportive of SSPC specifications for years 
And I have to say, I've been here 35 years and it was in place before I got here. So we've um, really appreciate SSPC. Um, we utilize the bridge coating inspection program for our paint inspectors, both in the chem lab, in the chemistry lab, and the maintenance paint program. Uh, the maintenance paint program, it's usually do not get trained to um, inspect coatings. They get trained by the guy before them. So when we can take one of the supervisors and put them into a, um, your BCI class, now we're educating to current standards um, and then that supervisor will go back and train his folks. So uh, we value the BCI program. Lisa, thank you uh, for providing that background information. And, and for the listeners, uh, just so you know, that uh, Caltrans as an agency is qualified uh, on the GSA to purchase. And uh, they did take advantage earlier in the year to secure training for the Bridge Coatings Inspector Certification Program through the SSPC. And um, Lisa, the question I would have for you, you know, related to the, the BCI, um, how, many, uh, how many of your staff do you typically have take a, a course like that, a training course like that? Um, we give it to, we only have four bridge coding inspectors. We give it to the new one that comes on board. Um, we also open it up to new staff in, um, in our maintenance paint program. So uh, I, I can't tell you how much in a year, um, but we, we luckily we had uh, the SSPC, um, uh, the big paint conference here in Long Beach. And so we were able to bring a lot of folks onto that one and, and that training, and that was very helpful. But when we have to go out of state, it's a problem. But, um, but uh, so I can't give you a, a firm number. It changes each time and, I'm finding out that we're in a world of change right now, <laughs> so I can't even begin to to give you a number on this one. <laughs> that that's okay, Lisa. You know, many states have been you know have very strict requirements when it comes to bids, and there's multiple levels of procurement procedures in, in order to purchase goods and services, you know, such as the NSSPC training program. With the GSA schedule, uh, the federal government has um, comp, you know, they had completed all of the negotiations up front to obtain the best and reasonable cost. You know, how does that benefit an agency like Caltrans? Well, we have two methods of purchasing. One is with, with a visa card, a Cal card, and the other is through service contracts. And they're at different levels of, of dollar levels. So what really is nice is that um, we can, we can, we can order off a menu, have be it as it is. So we know that the price is, is stable. We know that it's been vetted. And for our service contracts, for anything over $10,000, that's very helpful uh, because uh, you, can, you can just put in one price and, and our DPAC, our, our purchasing people who help us, um, they... they they can respect that and we don't have to go competitive bid for CalCard under 10,000. Um, we can, we can purchase a, we could probably have you all come in and train us and, and, uh, bring you out here 
and train more people than for, you know, for a cow cart under 10,000. So in that case, it's, it's nice to have, it's all laid out, the prices, the, the quantities, and, and it's, it's perfect. You know, we don't have to go rooting around making an Easter egg hunt. So you'd say it's it's more uh, streamlined, uh, saved you a lot of time and the, a lot yeah. of uh, paperwork. Oh, absolutely, yes. Um, and and it it's we don't we don't just decide today that we're going to do training. We have to make plans a year in advance, and um, so it's it's a great for that also. So we can plan ahead and say, I'd like to do. Um, what we call uh, professional development classes. So a year in advance, I can decide I want to train 30 people in, in Caltrans and we're going to bring an inspector out. They were going to bring someone out and train us. And, and we'd go with this program and I'll know a year in advance what it's going to price is going to be, which is killer. A lot of times you can't do that. But, um, you know, we tend to, we we get an opportunity to to plan ahead it it's helpful and i can i can do i can train more people you know during this uh, current pandemic conducting public and on-site team trainings have been practically impossible um have you or your team been utilizing online trainings yes we have um they're helpful now i have to say a shout out i really like having I like having the class. I like being able to handle the instruments that you're, you use. Um, but online training is the way that, that we have to go. It's the way we have to go. So, yes, uh, if we can't get online, we can't get trained. That's the reality right now. And so by having that, that option, um, that, that gives us a head start. And, and we can train quite a few people that way. So, yes, I, uh, it's unfortunate, but I'm kind of, I'm kind of a hands-on person. So, but it would get us in the, in the ballpark. But, yes, we do need online. Perfect, perfect. Uh, SSPC, uh, for the listeners, had recently and is currently uh, doing some instructor-led uh, virtual courses where we're able to go over the course material and then at a later date schedule the on-site practical uh, when obviously this uh, crisis uh, kind of calms down a little bit regarding the pandemic. So, you know, Lisa, this has been a, a great conversation and I really appreciate you joining me on Coding's Talk and this conversation uh, related to the GSA schedule and, and training for you as an owner, Caltrans, you know, looking to SSPC to provide to you. Is there anything, and you know, closing this uh, discussion out, is there anything uh, that, that we didn't talk about that you would want to cover with the listeners? Um, well, I've already talked about it, but it, it could be said again. Um, like I said, we've had a long partnership with SSPC. We use your, your standards for surface prep, uh, application of materials, and, and they're in our specifications, you know. So it's, we... We, we appreciate and value your professionalism and your attention to detail. And um, just and the, the training is, is just an added bonus because um, I've put together a, a Paint 101 
class for our, our maintenance paint. And I asked every one of them to come through. And so it took six months and we did about 20, 25 at a time. And I, I and my staff taught them. We taught them what our specs say. Um, we gave us some science behind the coatings with the intent to bust all the, the, um, I don't want to say the boogeyman, <laughs> I, the, the things that they've been trained, that they've been told by their supervisors or other painters, you know, I wanted to bring them back to the science of the coding. And so with SSPC, uh, they start at the science and move out, you know, so it, it's, they're very accessible and, um, and, and training all these folks really made me appreciate having somebody else come in and train them. Um, but I did enjoy meeting them and, um, and, you know, we've got a hundred, 110 painters throughout the state. And I'd say almost the first time they, they went to BCI was in Long Beach last year. So that was a, and that was just for about 10 or 15 of them. So, um, I, your training's better than mine. Um, but, uh, I, I'd say that we really rely on SSBC and I think it's a great program and the GSA will just pay off dividends for us. Lisa, I want to uh, thank you for uh, spending uh, time with me this uh, today and uh, appreciate the opportunity to talk with you regarding a GSA schedule and also uh, training and, and things like that related to Caltrans. Thank you very much. Oh, you're welcome, Jim. Have a nice day. Well, this has been another segment of Coatings Talk. Join me again on the next SSPC podcast. Please make sure to visit sspc.org and under the Trainings and Education site tab, just click on GSA Information to learn more about the SSPC GSA schedule.